What's up, everybody? It's Aaron here, and this is the Impact Dad Podcast. Today, we're taking a dive into just how much it can hurt you to have bad credit and some strategies that you can use right now to get your credit score trending in the right direction. Testing, testing. This is a check-in for all dads out there. Working late trying to provide for your family, we see you. Trying to be the best role model for your kids, we feel you. Overwhelmed with responsibilities and expectations on the job, at home, and in the community, same here. This isn't a pity party. Women go through it too. They're just better at finding support groups. Our role as dads is crucial to this world, and we have to take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. Because the stats aren't kind to kids that grow up without us. And it's not just about being there, it's about being present, in the moment. Bio dads, bonus dads, whichever you are, you matter. On the Impact Dad podcast, we talk emotional, physical, and financial growth. This is a place for us, and we're here to lift each other up. That's the new cool for 2020 and beyond. I'm Aaron James, and welcome to the show. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode of the Impact Dad Podcast. I'm your host, AJ, and uh, I've got the homies in the house today, Santino Walker, California. What's up, baby? How you doing? What's up? What's up? Doing great, man. Okay. I, I, I see the hat you got on. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Um, and I guess Jamie's going to be joining us here in a little bit. Um, and I wanted to uh, actually just go ahead and introduce... Uh, that we have a special guest on with us here today. So uh, Billy's with us, and I'll give uh, I'll give a more complete introduction uh, to Billy as as we get into this. But how you doing, Billy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to be with you guys tonight. I'm excited to have you here too. Uh, so here's the deal: uh, if if you've never been on our podcast, you never heard it before. Uh, we have really kind of changed up the format of what's going on. So before we get into anything nitty gritty, we kind of get get the man stuff out of the way so uh it is football season so we have been talking about football uh which i'm so glad to have back but um the steelers they did any did any get you guys see the steelers game this weekend no mm, okay. yeah no i mean the raiders that weren't playing so uh, i didn't watch a whole lot this week so you, just, you just don't watch football at all huh well, See, just for, for whatever reason, just this just wasn't a good week. I think they were on a bye, so they weren't up playing on my screen. Raiders had a bye. You know what I do was funny because I watch football every week, but I just tell my wife that the Bengals are playing every week. She don't be paying attention, so she doesn't know. She just tries to see if, like, if I'm yelling from the other room. That's how she knows if we're winning. Uh, which, <laughs> if Jamie was here, I'm going to go ahead and say it for him. Like, we're always losing, so I'm always yelling around the house. Uh, but... The Steelers chopped down the, the Browns this week, thirty-eight to seven, I believe. I mean, they put the beat down on them. That wasn't even, it wasn't even funny. And I don't like the Steelers, but I definitely don't like the Browns. So I was happy. Um, there's something about Baker Mayfield having so many commercials that just irks me. I don't know if you guys <laughs> feel the same way about this cat or if they if they play all of his um, commercials out where you're from. But he he gets to me, man. He's just there's something about him. He's a little cocky. It might have been from way back when he was in college. And I remember when he was at Oklahoma and he ran up and he planted the Oklahoma flag in Ohio State's uh, at, at the 50 yard line after they beat oh. us. Oh, that was him? Yeah, that was, 
that was him. And so uh, I know you guys know Bosa, right? So Bosa, whenever he hits him or does anything to him, you know, he he acts like he's planting a flag on him. It's kind of payback oh, yeah. in college. Right. But that, that you know, that felt a little cocky to me. So I, I've never liked him since then. And then he's got all those commercials. And I'm, I'm probably just hating on him, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? I'm a grown man. I can tell you when I don't like somebody and why I don't like them. Uh, my Bengals, I don't know what to tell you about my Bengals, man. So we... Anything positive? Any good takeaways? Yes, I'll tell you something positive. It's not sounding good already. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something positive. If the game was only one quarter long, we would have we had a win. Oh, see, that's what's up. <laughs> we came out wow. there, and this is the thing: like, you can't mess with somebody that has a team that's, you know, very bad right now. They find new ways to lose. So they were they were winning twenty one nothing against the Colts, oh. and beating these boys up and down. I mean, rookie quarterback looking good, rookie receiver looking good, rookie uh, linebackers looking good. And then it's almost like they stopped and they were like, hold on, we're not supposed to be winning. And they did everything wrong. And they ended up losing. What was the final score? Uh, 31-27. Man. (laughs) It was horrible, man. It was horrible. We got half the defense that's trying to, that's calling out the coaching staff, trying to get traded. Half of the offense is doing the same thing. And I'm like... Can we play the Raiders or something so we can get a W? You know, <laughs> come on, come wow. on, man. You must be hear about who the Raiders are last game, huh? Uh, I mean, I hear that, but that's a rivalry game, so you you got to throw those out the window. Rivalry games. I, listen, there's just some teams that have other teams' number. Like y'all always beat the Steelers, right? But nobody would put you guys ahead of them in the power rankings. Why are you shaking your head at me, Billy? I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> The only, thing, only thing correct about that is the rivalry. But we are always the underdog against them before they became Super Bowl champs. Who? Against who? The Chiefs. I'm not listen, I'm not saying that you weren't the underdog. I'm saying it's a rivalry game, right? It's in your division. That means that anything goes, right? Last year the Browns beat the brakes off the Ravens, and the Ravens were the number two seed in the in the whole AFC. Right? So anything can happen in those because because you're so familiar with each other you play each other twice a year twice a year yeah. you know it's Every just year. like you know the the Bengals, you know have have beaten the, the ravens they've beaten the steelers they've beaten the browns even in years where they weren't doing well last year we beat the browns in the last game of the season and that was like our super bowl so i'm, I'm not knocking you know the victory against i'm, I'm just saying like i wasn't as surprised as maybe you were, <laughs> and I'm trying to give you a compliment there, right? Your Raiders don't don't break your heart on a, on a, a weekly basis like my Bengals do. But here's what I will say before we move on. Next week, Big Ten football, baby. So my Buckeyes, we're back at it, and now I I dare Jamie to try to talk some shit during you know next week moving forward. You know, as my Buckeyes go run through their schedule and get to the chance, huh? He knows how to push your buttons. Like he knows how to, he <laughs> comes to the football. <laughs> he, listen, virtually he does. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh man! 
Yeah, he's so one of those. I'm, I'm getting that. I'm sorry. I'm getting that. Yeah. And, and I pride myself in being a troll in certain situations. But Jamie, man, he you absolutely right. He he can get to me. And then he and he he says stuff and he d- doesn't normally give me a chance to respond. So I'm getting all of this stuff out right now. Uh, and then when he gets on, the call, on. <laughs> yeah, when he gets on, we're gonna act like nothing happened. We didn't even talk football today. Okay. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right, so uh, Buck, Big Ten football coming back next week. My Buckeyes play Nebraska. I think that's who they've got first. So we should be one to know, and I'll be in a happy mood. I, I might give something away for free next week just because I'm happy about what's going on. But let's go ahead and uh, switch topics, if we will. Got for us, So, yeah, so the, the Impact Dad for those of you that are listening, you know, these are your first episodes. The Impact Dad is all about uplifting and empowerment. Now, you wouldn't know it if you hear Jamie and I talking back and forth, but we really, we're, we're here to uplift each other. Women talk about it all the time, right, amongst themselves. How can they lift each other up? Unfortunately, sometimes I, I kind of feel like the stigma is it's not cool. I don't know if that's the right word. It's not cool to talk about things like mental health, how we're handling our responsibilities, our overwhelm. Um, we're, you know, when it comes to finances, we're either all the way broke and, and, and try to find a way to make it cool, right? Or we're aspiring to be super wealthy and nobody else can really relate to us. And we make that known, right? That's that's kind of our thing as men. But but what I've been looking for is where's that sweet spot in between where we start to talk about things that can improve ourselves as, as a unit, right? Improving our finances and our credit worthiness. Um, or where's that op- Where's that place to be inspired to go get in the best shape of your life for your kids and, f- and for your spouse, right? We hope that that place is here for you inside of the Impact Dad group, not just the podcast, but obviously we've got the Facebook group uh, at Impact Dads. You just go look us up there and join the group. We'd love to have you. And we, we're, we're trying to push forward together. And today I've got a young brother. You've already heard him. He's on the call with us. That's just killing the game out there. Okay. I mean, and I've been so proud to watch him. Uh, Billy, how long have we known each other now? 15 years, I think. 15 years. Good Lord. It's been a long time, but, but here's for as long as I've known him, this is what he's been all about. How can he help people? How can he help other people to get what it is that they're looking for? And specifically today, we're going to talk about how to help people to fix their finances and, and, and reach new levels of growth. And I'm so glad he accepted my invitation, said yes to, to jump on the podcast with us and share a little bit. Um, he's been a business owner for 17 years. So again, I always like to, to give credit to people that have been able to withstand the test of time like that. He is now what we call an executive vice president uh, which is big, big title, uh, executive vice president of a financial literacy company. And Jay, uh, listen, I, mean, I almost called you Jamie. Uh, Billy, I, I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for taking the time with us. Um, why don't you kind of say what's up to everybody? Tell us tell us a little bit about what you're here for and what you've been up to and, and how you can help us out. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, one other facet to you know, how we connected uh, besides working together in the past is we're both DJs. So yes, that's sir. another, yeah, you know, uh, that is definitely something that's another passion of mine and how we initially connected, which is funny because our first intro, our first interactions back then 15 years ago was just me like, hey, man, you're doing cool. It was like at a party. And I'm <laughs> like, uh, you're, you're killing it. And he's like, okay, thanks. I'm like, hey, I'm a DJ too. He's like, 
Why you gotta make me sound like that, man? That's I, not... No, no, no. It was, it was just like, you know, that was our, that's I appreciated how it started. It, I appreciate and then over time, I mean, we've been on cruises and different things, and this guy's been just really, uh, we've done some fun stuff. But yeah, man, um, throughout all of that, um, I'm from born and raised here in the Bay Area. And basically, long story short, I came up in a time that set, that planted some seeds that drive everything that I that I do now, the things I'm passionate about now. I was born in 1982, so I, I, I was raised in Oakland in the 80s, which was like the peak of the drug era. And so I was surrounded by that kind of environment. And then, um, you know, uh, my parents did the best they could to keep us shielded from it, but we were still exposed to a lot of it. And all of that stuff has fueled me. And so we have been through so many challenges from, um, you know, you know, staying in hotels, to being homeless, to, I mean, all sorts of things that now my passion has become teaching the lessons that I've learned and the things that became solutions to my problems or the things that became the less, you know, the things that got me out of certain situations, I just knew it would be valuable to, to pay it forward and share with other people. So now one of the biggest ones, fast forward to just about four years ago, I found myself running a DJ business. Uh, by this time I had probably had about three or four different businesses, but at that time, the, the most thriving business was my, my entertainment company. Uh, we were doing over 100 events a year. We, we typically still do. We still have that business. But we typically do over 100 events a year with that company. That year, we did 170 events. And uh, so the money was coming in. But I found out making money is one thing. Keeping it well. <laughs> and the decisions you make with it is a completely different thing. So I found well. myself with this business bringing in money. And I'm, I still was $200,000 in debt. Uh, my credit was in the low 500s. Didn't have my insurance together. My wife, um, the last job she had, she got laid off. Not her, but the whole department they let go of. And and I'm supposed to be the breadwinner, right? And so as dads, one thing you don't know, AJ, is actually I thought of doing a concept like this. So when I just heard you break down this, the, the purpose of this, I'm like, wow. And I was going to call it something like Dope Dads or something like that. And then like the name was taken or something. But it was because this was necessary. Um, I think that it's already hard enough being a man. <laughs> We're not, not even getting into being a dad. Just being a man, we already just walk around with so much pressure, even if it's just mental um, in terms of responsibility. Then when you add the weight of being a husband, right? We still haven't brought the kids in yet, right? <laughs> so when you're a dad and then you bring in the responsibility of being a husband, and then you got your professional weight that you carry in whatever career you've chosen, and now add the kids, right? And so when you already have this weight of just being a human and then being a man and then a husband and now a father, that's already enough to deal with. So now we talk about adding things like the weight of financial challenges too and all these other issues and in health. And now, you know, you know, we're, our, our, we, we're fans of losing teams like AJ, like all these different things start to, you know, take a toll on, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> they all build up, right? And Tino, so- you when, gonna be the only one left on this podcast by the time we finish <laughs> I can't. I can't keep on having you guys come on and wreck my own pocket. Like it's, it's like uh, what's that one show where they have the uh, where they 
they have you sit in a chair and then everybody just comes and roast you. What's oh, up? Yeah. I feel like this yeah, is they, this they is talk about podcast, it. man. How you good? You gonna come on and do that to me? Continue what you're saying, man. Please. Nah, you know, gotta sneak a couple. Of them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so ended up happening, man. Um, I started learning a few things, and and, and even at you know when people hear businesses for 17 years, well. You know, most people who've been in business, we all know the average, um, you know, self-made person um, in business through business and entrepreneurship didn't make it into their seventh or eighth venture. So their first years of business was just lessons. Businesses work like relationships. You go through a few of them that don't work out and you learn the lessons until you get to the one that works out. Business works the same way. And so here I was um, about 13 years into my business journey. Um, I learned how to make money. I got the work ethic. Uh, but my finances were trashed, completely upside down. I did not understand credit. Um, I was throwing away tons of money. And finally, I got introduced to some solutions and a platform and a gentleman who became uh, a mentor of mine, but he's 10 years younger than me. And I'm so glad I didn't allow my age to, and he wasn't a father, he is now, but he was 10 years younger than me, <laughs> 23 years old at that time. He wasn't a father. And I almost was like, kind of was coming from a place like, what can he teach me? But Mm -hmm. You know, I, I swallowed my pride and then um, I learned some things and fast forward, um, we completely turned that stuff around. And so I've learned about the power of credit. And since four years ago, I've become very, very passionate about teaching some of these principles. And what I found going back to my original message was when we already have all this weight that we carry in terms of responsibility, um, getting just that piece together, the finances and the credit and all that, man, it relie it relieves so much pressure. You know what I mean? Like literally you get to walk around a little bit lighter knowing that that car, you can get it if you wanted it. Like you might not want it, but you know you could if you, you know, like that's one area of your life you don't have to worry about or that house or whatever the case is. And so, um, so yeah, so today- I just these are, not, to these are not, not street principles, you know what I mean? Like these, these are things that you have to literally have a mentor that kind of comes and grabs you, right? So you're fortunate to have, you know, somebody regardless of age that kind of pulled you aside and said, yo, you got to get it together. And um, I think that there's not a lot of us out there that have are, are fortunate enough to have that. So I'm glad to have you here. And I wanted to see if you could maybe break down some of these nuggets of, I mean, I don't know if that, I, I don't know if you were done with what you were going to say, but I, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that you break down some. Yeah, yeah, I was going to transition into just sharing some of the just foundational things. I want to make sure everybody can leave just from this talk today with some valuable things that they can apply right away, you know? Okay. Um, so like, for example, our company is a financial literacy company, but typically literacy means information. And, and we strive to not just give people information. We want people to leave with some information that can shift their paradigm and create, you know, the beginning of change is awareness, right? Mm -hmm. But also some applicable things that they, some, some things they can apply right away to take it to the next level. So I'm gonna share a few of those things. The first thing is that I found out close to 90% of us in our country get raised with no financial education in the household. And that's the beginning of the problem. We don't get it in the classroom. We don't get it in the household. Most of our financial patterns were picked up from what we witnessed growing up. You know, go back and think about what were the financial conversations in our households? What did our dads talk about, you know, or whoever raised us? You know, what were the conversations? Was it about stress around money? Was it around pressure? Did we constantly hear things like, we can't afford that, don't ask me, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, money's the root of all evil. All, all of these things 
could, uh, you know, play, planted certain seeds in our financial pattern and they created something called a financial blueprint. And um, and that financial blueprint that you currently have right now was developed in the early years of our life. And that blueprint acts, as T. Harbecker talks about it in his book, uh, uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. He says your blueprint, your financial blueprint that had that it's running every single day. It controls everything you do with your money. It works like a thermostat. So your thermostat, if you set it in your house on 75 and your house gets too cold and it's on auto, what happens? The heater automatically cuts on and brings it back to 75. If it gets too hot, then the air conditioner cuts on and brings it back to 75. A lot of us, our financial blueprint or our thermostat is set at a certain amount of money, also a certain um, standard of our credit and all the other areas around our finances. For example, some people's blueprint is to have $1,000 in savings and that's it. And no matter how much money they win or lose, they will find a way to bring it back to that $1,000. <laughs> they can win the lottery. They will find a way in a couple of years to get rid of all that money and bring it back to that $1,000. Guilty. So our, our credit's the same way. And for me, you know what's funny? Some of you can relate to this. Um, the same way a lot of us didn't learn about finances, we didn't learn about credit growing up. So I remember, uh, I got my first credit card at 18. Like literally, I, I was on CapitalOne.com. I filled out the application already before <laughs> before midnight on my 18th birthday. Soon as it said midnight, I hit submit. <laughs> I don't know nothing about credit. All I know is I have a job and I, I, I could make payments. Well, I messed up my credit by 19. <laughs> um, Wait, can, can I, can I, can I yeah. try to one up you there? Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I was 18 but I was at the University of Tennessee and they had a fair on campus and they had these little booths set up and they had these, you know, cute little girls sitting outside with clipboards. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And they sucker you in. Next thing you're over there. And I walked away with some credit cards and I was blown away. This must've been a couple months later when I realized that they wanted me to pay back the money <laughs> that I had spent. <laughs> I was like, wait, what do, you, what do you mean? She didn't talk to me about this when I signed on the clipboard. So I just, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about, but that first hit where you realize the responsibility, okay, that was easy to spend, but now I got to pay it back. What's, what's this all about? So anyways, back to you. You're right, you're right. And, and what ended up happening, like, let's use that, right? So we get our these access to these credit cards without the proper education on how to manage them and yep. certain effects. And what ended up happening was when I was younger, I would have creditors, because by this time I've let accounts close, I've, you know, maybe I lost a job and couldn't make payments for some time, the accounts closed. So now you got collection agencies and different people reaching out. And, and so at that time I was so arrogant when it came to talking to these people, well, sometimes they were rude. And so then I would say things like, you know what? Like, no, I'm not paying it <laughs> or whatever. Something to make me feel more confident and in control. And I would expect them to fight back. And then sometimes they would just be like, okay, it's your credit. And I'm like, well, I don't care. And I hang up the phone and I think I won the conversation. That's right. And then I turned 22 and then I turned 25 and, then I, and now I get close to 30. Now I'm a dad. So now my financial decisions are not about me anymore. Now, when I'm trying to get this car and they're like, you, you don't qualify. I'm like, ooh, but my family needs a car. And they're like, well, your credit. And I'm like, oh man, those phone calls, 
where I was careless about my credit and reckless with these decisions are now costing me comfortable and safe transportation for my family now, or it's controlling where we can rent or where we can buy. And so that's when the wake up call started happening. And I wanna share a couple of statistics with you all that I found out. I found out by me not caring and me not taking responsibility for those financial mistakes early on was actually costing me way more money to have bad credit than to get these things in order. And that's what people don't understand, right? It's, it's you know, whether it's mattress money or, hey, I just make a bunch of cash because I've been there. I, I don't think you, I don't know that you can really become successful financially unless you've gone through this phase of your life where you, where you had to learn these lessons. But when you look back and say, man, that that costs me a lot more money because of my credit, you'll never want to do it again. So what's what's the stats that you have? Because I want to see how they, they um, vibe up against- Yeah, yeah for sure. I want to give that. a small example of car loans based on good or bad credit. Okay. Right? If you take person A and person B and they go in and get the same exact car from the same dealership for the same price, and let's say the car is $25,000 and the loan term is for five years. So they're getting the same car, same total, same cost. Okay. But one has good credit and they get qualified for this $25,000 car and their interest rate is 3%. And then the person with bad credit gets the same car but gets qualified with an interest rate of 18%. Okay. The person with good credit is gonna pay $448 a month for five years, 448. The person with bad credit is gonna pay $635 a month for the same exact car mm. for five years, which means person B with bad credit is paying an extra $187 a month for five years, which means they ended up paying or throwing away an extra $11,200 in interest. And that might not even be including the down payment, right? Well, it depends because if they're, well, we're talking about the financed amount. So if you finance 25K, right? Now, some, some credit, some uh, car dealerships will say, we can qualify you with bad credit and then they'll make you pay 20 or 30% down, of course, right? But if the financed amount that they're paying your interest on, it was both for both people was 25 grand, they this person would pay $11,000 more in interest on the same exact car, simply because of a credit score. Now, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so that's the car example. Let me just give one more quick example, which is the house. You can imagine how drastic this example uh, is. Well, before you, do the, <laughs> before you go into the go house, ahead, go ahead. Because, uh, um, I actually, in in one of my many careers, I actually worked for a car dealership and I worked as an, a sales manager. I go to work for this place, it's called Drive Time. I don't know if you guys have heard of Drive Time before, but Drive Time was very, and they gotta be out there on the West Coast. Um, anyways, this was, was on the East Coast. It, it was almost like predatory lending. So they were preying on people that had bad credit under the premise of helping people with bad credit. You guys see where I'm going with this, right? Yes. So what they would do is they take these 100,000 plus mile cars and they'd put them out on a lot and they all looked the same. They were Ford Tauruses, they were Dodge. Uh, what's the, what's, what was the old school Dodge that, that um, 
I need that head. Yeah. Was it 300 or something like that? No, I know what you're talking about. Anyways, whatever it was, they had all these oh. cars. Um, and so you'd see all these people come onto the lot, right? They're coming to the lot because they've already been turned down everywhere else. That was even part of the advertisement, right? And they charge them a ridiculous amount of money in a down payment. And then their, their, their interest rate would still be sky high, like you're talking about. And I was like, why would you ever do that with somebody who you know can't make these payments? And they said, listen, our business model is set up to where we're pretty sure that they're not going to make payment number two. That's how confident they were that these people had, like, like you said, the thermostat, right? The, the ingrained blueprint that they were never going to change, right? I just need to get this car. But then when it comes to responsibility, having to make payment number two, I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to tell them to come get the car. And so they were reselling these cars, right? These, And they said, look, we were we were recouping the, the value of the car in that first transaction between the down payment and, and the monthly payment. And people were happy to pay it. And they never, ever knew how much they were paying as opposed to if they went to a regular dealership could get regular financing, have a car that had less chance to break down, right? Under a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand miles. And it was just this cycle that repeated and repeated and repeated. And you only find these drive time dealerships in places that are predominantly not wealthy. Let's just say what it is. Right. And so that's why I'm I, I'm so glad to have you on here to actually talk these real world examples so that people can see how much money they're throwing away by not not paying attention to a simple phone call from a creditor or something else like that that could have saved them. So go ahead to your right. um, yeah uh, yeah they say the average the average adult who doesn't get their credit in order throws away anywhere from two hundred thousand up to a million dollars in interest over the course of their lifetime. Yeah. And I'm about to give one example of exactly how that can happen. So now you got person A and person B, and they're just getting a $200,000 house. Now I say just because where I live, those don't exist. But <laughs> right, <laughs> they don't. I was uh, looking at you like I thought that was a car. <laughs> right. But for math's sake, we'll go with $200,000. Let's say the loan term is 30-year fixed loan. Right. Person A has bad credit and they get qualified with a, the lowest credit score possible that you can get a home with, 560. And the interest rate is 12.9% interest, okay? Okay. Um, now, the other person has good credit. So their credit score is gonna be a 740 and the interest rate is 4%, okay? Okay. So same house, $200,000 house. Person A with the bad credit, their monthly mortgage payment on that house is going to be $2,200 a month. Person B with the good credit, their monthly mortgage payment is $958 a month. Mm. So you're saving $1,250 a month, $1,250 a month, over 30 years. Nobody's, you know, just for this equation. And the total amount that person B is going to spend on the house with good credit is $345,000. So $145,000 in interest, right? $345,000 total. But the other person with bad credit over 30 years is going to pay 
in $95,000. Same house, same terms, just a credit score. This person is paying $450,000 more in interest. I, I, I had my calculator up and I was like, wait a minute, that, that doesn't even sound right, 450000 but I guess I was right, unfortunately. So now let's talk about some solutions. I just wanted to really kind of build up to what do we do about this, right? Yeah, I mean, you you know, made us sad and <laughs> cheer us up, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Legal, man. where we go from here? It's where do we wild. go? Wild, it's wild. And you know, going back to your drive time, uh, you know, example, what's happening now? Because that sounded like a particular company of like the dealerships, and I guess they were doing in-house financing. Well, or buy here, pay, pay here. That's really what it was. Yeah. So now, what's happening is there's lenders that are doing that, you know, without being tied to one specific dealership. Mm -hmm. you know, one of them just, I'm not gonna say any names on this show, but one of them just got caught for that and he just, they're getting in trouble for predatory lending yes. and so forth. And uh, I remember actually, uh, I was with that lender. That's why I was even more like, oh man, no, it, made, it made sense how much money they got me for. <laughs> so <laughs> now let's talk about a couple, couple solutions. I, I wanna first talk, I wanna just kind of wrap up with two different areas. I wanna talk to the group of people this this concept is going to help everybody, but more specifically, people who are hearing this information on the front end. You know, hopefully you haven't started your credit yet or you haven't made any mistakes. And I want to share with you how to continue to build and grow your credit. And then I'm going to close out with some solutions to people like myself that have bad credit. Like you're in a position right now where you need some solutions to rebuild your credit and get back in control. So the first thing you need to know is that there's five factors that determine your credit score. Um, the first factor and the biggest is your payment history, okay? So out of the five factors, your payment history makes up 35% of your credit score. So that means as soon as you get a late payment, right, that's 30 days late on a credit card or something like that, now you might just be thinking about the fee. That's what I was thinking about. Oh, I just got to pay that extra $35 fee, no big deal. Right. No, you're talking about a 40 plus point drop in your credit score on average, sometimes more by getting one 30 day late. You get a 60 day late, you get a 90 day late, it's a drastic, and then it, let's say you catch it up. Even though you caught up that card or that account, that late payment, that impact on your score still remains for another two plus years, right? So one mistake for 30 days can cost you two years to get those points back. So it's not worth it, okay? So you gotta stay ahead of it. Um, and that's a 30 day late. You don't want to be, you don't want to be one day late, but if you are one day, five days or whatever, something happens, then, you know, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't show up on your credit report. Okay. So 35% is your credit history. So avoid late payments, make your payments on time, so forth. Now, 30% is the available usage. How much of your available credit limit are you using? This is 30%, so almost a third of your credit score. So what does that mean? I thought if they gave me a $1,000 credit card, I could use $999 of it. Like as long as I'm making my payments on time, <laughs> right? Simple, it doesn't work like that. The way that the creditors look at it is they don't want you to go over 30%. Soon as you go over 30%, even if you're making your payments on time, soon as you go over 30%, your score starts to drop. If you max out a credit card, the point you lose is the equivalent of two missed payments. Mm. So they want you to stay under 30% usage. So for those of you that have good credit, 
maybe you have some cards that might be maxed out. You're like, hey, I'm making my payments on time. They're maxed out, but I'm making my payments and your score isn't as high as you want it to be. Create a plan and get those credit, I mean, uh, those uh, those limits, pay, those balances paid down under 30%. You'll see your score go up drastically just from that alone. Usually a lot of our clients, that alone will take them to a seven. That was the missing piece. They just, they were paying their payments on time. They just been maintaining maxed out cards. They got them paid down and boom, they hit 700, 750 credit scores, just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. If you want to get closer to, um, you know, the higher credit scores, then you want to maintain below 10% usage. Okay. So that's the second factor. All right. Now, the third factor is how long have your accounts been open? Sometimes you can, some of you been through this where you had a score that was in the high sixes or even 700 and they still denied you for getting approved for something. And they, the usual response is you don't have enough credit history, right? Um, your accounts haven't been open long enough. So you never want to cancel a credit card, never close an account. You know, if you think that you just struggling with the discipline, I'd rather you cut the card up or give it to somebody to hold on to until at a, a time of emergency, but don't close the account. When you close an account, you delete all of the credit history from that account. So you want to make sure you build that up. So that is 15% of your credit score is how long your accounts have been open. All right, two more factors. 10% is the mix of credit. So over time, you wanna build up a portfolio of credit or a mixture, a diversity of credit between credit, a few credit cards, maybe car loans, you know, personal loans, student, student loans, you know, different things. I don't, not that I recommend student loans, but some of you already have them, just maintain them, right? So the more diverse your credit profile is, that's 10% impact on your credit. And then the last 10% is new credit or inquiries has a 10% impact on your score as well. So those are the five factors that you wanna watch out for. If you're building credit brand new, or if you have decent credit and you wanna continue to grow, just keep those five factors under control. And then, um, you know, I'll share this last piece, which is what are some solutions to rebuild credit or restore credit? Uh, Right now, there's been credit help being advertised everywhere. You turn on the radio, we can help you with your credit turn on the TV, you go on social media. So now people just need to know what are the solutions that are real? You know, are these solutions legal? You know, we get all these kind of questions. So I want to just kind of share these four things um, because uh, the first thing is that some people think that they need to go straight to bankruptcy and bankruptcy is the last option. You want to avoid bankruptcy. Bankruptcy sometimes might seem like a short-term, quick, emotional decision, but and some people actually, they're, they're buried so much in debt and they lost income and, you know, all sorts of things that bankruptcy is a solution for a small group of people, but a lot of people don't need it. So there's three other options before you go to bankruptcy. The first one is called credit repair or credit restoration. Okay. And when you go to a rep, when you find a reputable company that can restore your credit, this is the area that we help with, of course. But when you go to a company that helps restore credit, what they're doing is they're they should be doing, they should be operating under a law that was passed by Congress called the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And that act was basically put in place um, to make sure that the credit bureaus report on your credit reports with 100% accuracy. And if there's any errors with those negative items that's reported, even if it is your your items, right? Those closed accounts, collections, um, 
if we find those errors, that's what we specialize in, we find those errors, they have to remove it off of your credit report. Instead of you waiting seven years for it to come off, we basically go to work to get these items removed in a matter of months. And so what that allows you to do is, we have clients that we remove those items and it might've been a collection account that they still owed a balance on. It might've been a medical bill they still owed a balance on. So they're still working out an arrangement to handle that account, but we've already removed it off of their credit report in four months, six months, you know, nine months, depending on what that item is, instead of them waiting seven years. So even though they're still handling the payment arrangements, it's not showing on their credit. So now they can move forward to get that house, that car, or whatever it is they're looking to do. So that's credit restoration. That's the first, that, that's actually the second option. There is a better option, if, but you need good credit to qualify. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is debt consolidation. So debt consolidation is where you just have a lot of different debt in different places, credit cards, personal loans, student loans, and you want to consolidate it into one place and pay one payment, maybe a better interest rate but you have to have good credit to qualify for that. That's why. So that's actually option one that could help people have a lot of relief. That's debt consolidation. Then there's debt or credit restoration. And then there's one more option before you go to bankruptcy, which is a uh, debt relief. And sometimes people get, you know, debt consolidation and debt relief confused. Debt consolidation is what I explained. You need good credit for it. Debt relief is let's say your finances got out of control and you hear these companies advertise, they say, we can help you get relief on your debt, save money, blah, blah, blah. Well, the challenge with debt relief is what they encourage you to do is just stop paying on the accounts, let them close, and then we'll step in and negotiate the payment terms that are more comfortable for you. And then when you, and then you'll make that one payment and it's going towards paying off those accounts, a portion of your payment is paying the company, the debt relief company as well. So that's how they get paid. But you are working on a plan. It's going to take you an average of two to three years, sometimes more, to pay all of that off, even though you're getting a discount. But your credit is trashed because you let all your accounts close. So that's the thing. You're, you got all those late payments. And so, so now you got to wait two, three years to pay off all of the balance. Then you start rebuilding your credit, which is going to take you know, however many more years, and then you can think about getting a home or other things. So it could relieve some people if they're buried in, in deep enough debt. Um, it saves them from bankruptcy, which takes seven to 10 years to come off their credit report. And then they can have to start rebuilding credit, you know, um, but it is another option. So those are the four options that we have, which is debt consolidation, more comfortable payment plan, credit restoration to help you clear up your credit, get your buying power back, saving you years, then you got debt relief and then you have bankruptcies. And so those are the four options that you can kind of look at depending on what you're going through currently financially. And um, that's what we do. So yeah, man. So, you know, I don't know if you had any questions about any of those pointers, but this is what we've been doing. We've been helping people really just accelerate their game plans. You know, um, we ha I have a client who came on board earlier this year, actually. And she was like, man, if I could just get a house in two years, that would be amazing. She's here in the Bay Area. She's out in the Vallejo area, American Canyon. And uh, she thought it was going to take her two years, to, you know, before she started our program. She started our program. We started removing these items and she just got in her house back in September. It took her nine months to get into the house. Wow. In a Bay Area house. <laughs> so these aren't cheap, you know, cheap areas. So 
you know, this is what we want to show, you know, what we can do. And I'm telling you, going back to the whole theme, you know, if you're a dad and what happens is I think a lot of times people don't realize how many doors open for them when they get their credit in control. It's not, it's way bigger than getting a cell phone apartment or a house or a car. Like, you know, there's credit cards in clubs with perks that we're getting free travel for now. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like all these things that are tied to, you know, just our lifestyle, mm -hmm. so many more doors. And, and if those are the, those of you that are dads and entrepreneurs, oh my God, I mean, man, I remember, I remember, I remember, you remember, so you remember we used to uh, work and um, I got my Lexus, you remember that? So what you might not know, I was DJing out of my Lexus. <laughs> Right? So somebody books me to DJ their wedding. I'm pulling up in a IS250 and they're like, we're, what? what? <laughs> pulling speakers out. Why? Because I was limited on expanding my DJ business. Once I had this, you know, this information started building my credit, I was able to start expanding my DJ business and go into getting vans and better equipment and transportation and better marketing and, right? So getting your credit in order goes way beyond just getting that car. So it's definitely, you know, a high priority for us to get control of. Yeah, man. And, and there's so many different reasons that people have gotten to that point with their credit. So part of us doing this in this format is to make sure that people know that this is a safe place right everybody's got their own story you know those of you that have been listening to the podcast from the beginning you know i've been in, embroiled in a custody battle for almost four years right that has been extremely taxing financially however you got there whether it was bad decisions you made when you were in college identity theft something that has to do with you know the furtherance of your career or your or your business or anything else like that it doesn't really matter what we want to make sure you you have is a way out, right? Is, is a way back on track because I can guarantee you most of you that are, are excited about doing something big with your life, you will at some point in time start to feel the pinch of bad credit like Billy is talking about if you don't take care of this. So uh, Billy, phenomenal man. Let's, let me ask, uh, Tino, you wanna say anything real quick? Uh, no, I really have nothing to say. I'm just thinking about like all the scenarios he put through. I was thinking about when I signed up for my first credit card. It was an American Express when I was 18. Uh, I was thinking about how my credit ended up becoming trash. And then now I'm in the rebuilding phase. Now I have a family now. We're looking at buying a home. And my credit's not at the, the point where it needs to be to have that excellent, um, to have that uh, lower payment, right? I'm, when my credit is, I'm on the other side. I'm looking at the guy that's, gonna pay $795,000 on that $200,000 house. I'm the guy that, uh, yeah, I can get a house, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to put down 10% uh, on a on a Bay Area home. I mean, that's like, the average house in the Bay Area is fifty, is $500,000. So you're looking at 50 grand just to put down on a house just because I didn't take care of these things when I was younger. So, I mean, this is great information, important stuff. Uh, I'm glad we talked about it today. Billy, I definitely, uh, need you to hop on here and tell people how they can get a hold of you because uh, someone like me might need to use your services to get some stuff removed so I can yeah, get my credit uh, in a better place. Yeah, yeah so let's sure. wrap up with that, Billy. So how can they reach you? Um, what can you help them with? And 
yeah, we'll just we'll just end with that because I think that's a, a great point, you know. For sure, yeah, man. Um, he said something I wanted to respond to. Dang, I but anyways, uh, yeah, it's very simple. My website is just billyscott.com. So B-I-L-L-Y-S-C-O-T-T.com. Um, and uh, there's more information, but reach out to me first. There's information you can see, the website's there. There's info, short videos, things like that. But what I'm doing is I'm actually setting up free consultations to find out where you are and what is the best solution, what best direction. Oh man, that would be so, so beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. For anybody tuning in through the show, just mention that this is how you heard about it. And uh, yeah, we'll set up a free consultation, kind of just assess where you currently are and look at a, a, a game plan and what would be the best direction and fastest direction for you to get to where you're trying to go. So um, yeah, that's the game. You know, and I'll tell you this, that's what it was. So Santino said about, uh, you know, being on the lower end and getting qualified, but with that higher interest rate, higher payment. So something to be careful of, you know, when it comes to lenders. So the same way, AJ, you mentioned about the um, the car example, right? The dealership you used to work with. Guess what? Mm-hmm. A lot of home lenders are not taking the exact same approach, but their goal is to get the deal done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they just want to get you get you in the house, even if you only have that 580 or 600 and not really all of them. Some of them are willing to educate mm. you, but a lot of them are just trying to trying to get the deal done. It's mm. based on them getting a commission. But I would rather encourage somebody to hold out for a few months, few more months, three, four, five, six months, increase your credit score another 100 points. And now you save tens of thousands or more by getting in a better position, more comfortable payment. So again, these these things are important, but we'll talk all about that. We break all of that down in a consultation. We can set it up and do pretty much, you know, 15, 20 minute, uh, you know, phone calls to go over what people uh, need to get done. So, so billyscott.com and mention the Impact Dad podcast and let's let him help you get get it right. Let's help, let's help you get it right so that you can focus on on the rest of the stuff. And, you know, you had said something earlier in the call just about, you know, creditors calling. There is a difference in peace in your world when you can answer your phone in your own voice or you can answer your vo- phone, period, <laughs> right? Without wondering who it is, without wondering who it is that's knocking on your door. Are they trying to serve you something? you know, so that you have to go to court and take, you know, take care of past responsibilities. It's just a different piece. And so for you to be the man that you really want to be for your family, you got to find ways to to manufacture your own peace. Right. And so uh, again, Billy, back to you, man. Thank you so much for taking this time with us. Uh, We're going to have you on again, by the way. Uh, because this is not something that's going to go away. We're, you know, we're in a crisis right now. There's a lot of people hurting financially outside of this. I mean, forget about making bad decisions. Some people are forced into these decisions right now with coronavirus. So um, yeah. this is going to be an ongoing topic, you know, helping people get back on track with what they want to do. And um, so glad you could be here with us today. Thanks for having me, bro. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. I, I definitely know that this is um you know, it is becoming more of a more of a need for and demand from people who've been going through different things since uh, March. Yeah. So, yeah, we're here to help. 
Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for for today, guys. Uh, you, you're listening to the Impact Dad podcast. Your host, AJ Santino's with us. Billy Scott was here today talking about financial literacy. So glad to have you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. See you. Have a good night. Peace. Hey guys, it's Aaron here again. Thanks for listening into the show today. If you like today's episode, please let us know. Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or a review. We love all of your feedback. And most importantly, come introduce yourself inside of our free online community at impactdadsgroup.com.